He did not start the work that these people were doing. Even though they were doing things in quote unquote his name. They were prophesying, they were casting out demons, and, they, uh, and so forth, doing many wonders in his name. Or at least they thought, but he says, depart from me, I never knew you. And what I saw in that was, he never started the work in them. And we don't want to be a ministry that does stuff just because we're doing stuff. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he gives us grace in order to do what we do. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Keep can be defined as to have or retain possession of something. To keep means suggest that I am going to continue in a specified condition or course. The antithesis or the opposite of keep is to transgress, to violate, or to break. And as a Christian with a mindset to be Christ-like, it's common for us to have a desire to please God. In fact, I've learned over years that it takes grace to please him. Thank God for his grace that helps us to please God. We tend to, we tend to have a desire to do what we consider good works. When people become born again, many people have a desire to do that which is good. They want to do that which is beneficial, that which helps out, that which uh, they consider good works. And, and, that, and that's good. You know, as Christians, we should want to do good works. We want to do and be a part of that which is beneficial, useful, and helpful to others. And our focus is on making decisions to reflect Jesus rather than uh, to reflect Jesus more than rather than misrepresenting him. And the more I mature in my understanding of God's written and revealed word, I realize that his word teaches me about the Lord's work or his good works. And see, man's description of good works tends to vary from God's idea of good works. And I know y'all live long enough, and I know y'all have heard me continue to talk about that, that God's idea and man's idea is different. It's different. And so we want to go with what God says concerning good works. In fact, turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 27 and verse 28. The book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27 and verse 28. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it's in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Again, do not withhold. Don't deny or keep back what? Good. That which is kind, that which is pleasant, that which is beneficial from those whom it is due. That lets me know that sometimes they're going to run across people that it's not due to. Jesus uh, showed us that, and when he was on earth, he showed it who it was due for, and then he sometimes it wasn't due. And when it, it is, notice in the latter part of verse 27, when it is in the, pow, the power or the might or the strength of your hand to do so. And then it goes on in verse 28, do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give or grant or deliver to you when you have it or the substance that you have. 
See, the Proverbs writer is teaching about good works and how we should not refrain or keep back good, kind, and beneficial works, that which brings happiness from those it is due. He also encourages us not to say to our neighbor, go and come back, especially when we have it with us. And see, our neighbor can be our friends, our family, and those that we meet along the way. Let us not say to our neighbor, go and depart, go and come back again, and make him an excuse for a promise of tomorrow. Stating, I will give you this, that, or the other when I have it in your power to do so at the moment. In other words, you got the money on you right now. But yet, you're saying, uh, and the Lord tell you, this person, I want you to give it to them. But you got other ideas, other thoughts, other mindsets. You say, well, no, I want to give to them because of whatever, and I'm going to do it tomorrow. And uh, now God say, do it now. Because why? It's due. This is the person that's due for. And see, good works are meant to be granted to those that we know and, and are closely connected to, as well as those we don't know, as well as those we are just come, uh, uh, come in acquainted with. Those whom it is due. See, good works in this case involves kindness, compassion, generosity, and a willingness to serve and help others. We serve a God who is good. How many agree that God is good? Amen. It's mercy and do it forever. It is the nature of, of God to do good and to be good. In fact, God don't know it no other way. He does no good. He does because what? He is good. If we are to be Christ-minded, we must endeavor to be, do good and be good as well. Let's go to two scriptures to kind of look at that. Go to Psalms 107 and verse 1. Psalms 107 and verse 1. The Bible says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. So I want to give thanks. I want to give praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, for he is good. He's good. He's beneficial. He makes me happy, and he prospers me. For his mercy endures forever. Let's go to another scripture, Psalms 34 and verse 8. The book of Psalms 34 and verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So taste, perceive, recognize, and understand, and see, perceive that the Lord is good. He's beneficial. He causes us to be happy, and he causes us to prosper. And blessed or happy is the man who trusts in him. See, the Holy Spirit will teach us how to do good. He will work on the inside of us and help us to recognize the goodness that is in our God. He will also give us power and might to carry out good, beneficial, and useful acts, words, and deeds to others. Because he is the author or the beginner of good. Go to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. The Bible says this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it in the day, until the day 
of Jesus Christ. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun. Notice he is the beginning or start of a good thing, of a good work. A useful and honorable and excellent work. That which it, those deeds and things in you will complete it. He's going to accomplish it. He's going to bring it to a satisfactory end until the day of Jesus Christ. And so if I'm going to do a good work, the Lord has to start it. I can't start the good works and expect, amen, to be something that's beneficial, something that's good. I need to recognize that God is starting good works in me. And I appreciate the Lord starting good works because I don't want my flesh to start something and consider it good. See, the Lord began or started a good work in our life. And the text makes a declaration. If we're going to do good, the Lord has to begin or start the good works. And good works has a beginning that comes from God. And see, Jesus knows how to start a good work in you. And you know what's great about it? He knows how to finish it. The Bible says he's going to complete it or accomplish it or bring it to a satisfactory end. And, when I, and what I find amazing is that God will start in us a useful or beneficial work in a vessel that he knows can't complete it without him. Ooh, listen to that. That was good right there. He, he knows we can't complete a good work without him. But so therefore, he even starts it in us. And he said, you know what? I'm working with that vessel right there. I'm working with that vessel in order to pray. I'm working with that vessel in order to give. But I know they can't do it without me. John, John wrote, he says, without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. He still uses us. We need Jesus not only start the good work in us, but to complete it. And the good work in us, despite our human flaws and frailties. And I'm honored that he chose us. I'm honored. You know what? When God chose you, he knew what he was working with. You can't surprise God. Talking about, I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough of this, that, and the other. You know God's not surprised by all that, don't you? You know, he's not saying, about, well, no, I can't believe Dobbs ain't got this. He ain't got that much talent. He ain't got that much this, that, and the other. He said, God can still use me for his work. Now, I'm going to share something with you that um, was personal to me that happened years ago. I was trying to remember where it came from, but as Lady Dobbs and I were talking about this message, and we were talking about the good works, and she made a statement that, you know, in order to do good works, you got to have good works in you. And I'll say, okay, yeah, that's true. You know, you know, I just kind of thought, listen to it, didn't think much about it. And then I reminded years ago, the Lord kind of brought to my attention because, see, as a pastor, you want to make sure that the ministry is doing works that's pleasing to God. I don't want to just have you all doing something, and myself doing something, and God doesn't want the church or ministry to do it. I don't want that. I don't want because it's what use is it? Because you can get, you can get, because, you know, we're a ministry that's been busy over these 20-some years, and we've been in the communities, and we've done many different things and so forth. And the Lord reminded me of this scripture in Philippians. Hey, if I begin something, I can't complete it. But this is the thing you've got to understand. If he don't start it, he ain't got to complete it. Let me show you the scripture that he brought to my attention. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21 through 23. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who, deals, who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. He says, I never knew you or I never was acquainted with you. Depart from me. Go away from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know what I found out about that scripture? He didn't start it. He did not start the work that these people were doing. Even though they were doing things in quote unquote his name. They were prophesying, they were casting out demons, and, they, uh, and so forth, doing many wonders in his name. Or at least they thought, but he says, depart from me, I never knew you. And what I saw in that was, he never started the work in them. And we don't want to be a ministry that does stuff just because we're doing stuff. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he gives us grace in order to do what we do. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's go one more more scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. The Bible reads as follows. For we are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship, that which was been, has been made. But notice why he created us. He formed and shaped us in Christ Jesus for good works. He created us for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and then we should walk in them. What's them? Good works. See, he started the good works, and he going to cause us to walk in the good works. I appreciate the fact that God wants us to stay. He created good works. He started the good work in me, and now he's going to help me to walk in it. Mm, he's going to help me to walk in it. He's going to help me to walk in it. Because we're being made in his image, we will be provided opportunities to do good, even when others may not do good to us. We have to remember to keep, our good work, keep up the good works that we do, which brings glory to our Father. You know why it brings glory to our Father? Because he started in us. He, he, he created and started the good works in us, so therefore it brings glory to the Father. It brings glory to the Father. And see, good works will cause our God to shine, be magnified, be recognized as a bright light to others. Matthew 5 is a great, great reminder of the light and how our light is meant to brighten up places and spaces where darkness may have attempted to prevail. Let's go to Matthew 5 and 16. Matthew 5 and 16. The Bible reads as follows. Let your light so shine before men that that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Notice this, that they let your light. So I've got to allow or permit, notice what i got to allow or permit, your light. That light that got started by Jesus. That light which exposes it to view and let everyone see 
truth and knowledge. So it will shine and give out a bright light and direct someone in order to see something in the dark before men. And see, when we allow our light to shine, we are able to direct others to the source of the light, that being Jesus. How did he get to be the source? That's why we read earlier, he says, hey, I started a good work in you. I started a good work in you. So that light is shining right now. And people are going to see and be exposed and have a, have a knowledge of the truth. And our light should bring God, excuse me, our light should bring godly truth to a situation. Our light should bring a standard of holiness and righteousness. Our light should reflect that which is written and revealed in God's word. It's not a flawless light. It may get dim every now and then, but as often as we are plugged into the Holy Spirit, as long as we abide in him and in his word, his word abide in us, our light will get brighter and brighter. That they may see, they may see, they become acquainted with and know your good works, your commendable, useful, and beneficial works. Those deeds that you do, that which one undertakes to do, and glorify and magnify and honor your Father in heaven. Why are they honoring the Father? Because he started the good work in you. He started the good work in you. He started the good work in you. When we allow our light to shine, others may see and become acquainted with our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. See, when we as God's children, his disciples, participate in good and beneficial undertakings in the church and beyond the church doors, we magnify our Heavenly Father. Scriptures like Matthew 5 and 16 reminds us to keep up the good works. Because our good works cause our God to be glorified, magnified, boasting on him. Praise, praise our Jesus and worship our Jesus. And see, the good works that we accomplish that aligns with God's written and revealed word will glorify and honor our Father in heaven. Give you a few examples. Prayer is a good work. And you know that you didn't start prayer. God started praying you. You remember the disciples were in a situation and they... Uh, and they, and they came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They were praying, but he said, Lord, teach us how to pray. In other words, my prayer is not where it should be. Lord, teach me how to pray. In other words, start in me the proper prayer life. Start in me how to uh, acknowledge you in all my ways and you direct my path. Teach me how to get you involved in every area of my life. That brings relief to others and it glorifies Jesus. Giving is another good word. You know you didn't start out giving like you're supposed to. It had to be God that started that work in us. See, we, we, gave, we give because God taught us how to give. And he teaches us and he continues to teach us how to give. He continues. I uh, see when we bring God his tithes and offering, it honors our Heavenly Father. But I always real, I'm realizing now more and more that God, you started me on how to give. Because I would have kept this, that, and the other, but you, you teach me how to bring you your tithes and your offerings. You teach me, amen, how to give unto others. You teach me, Lord, how to be a blessing to others. You're teaching me how to do what is right when it comes to giving. Witnessing is another good word. When we witness and share the plan of salvation, how we deliver, protect, and prosper, those who believe, it magnifies Jesus. But I realized that Jesus started the witness in me. I couldn't tell others about Jesus. I didn't, and what's interesting about it, I really don't know the proper words to say. But God will give you what to say if you allow him to. God, 
and, it's, and it, what it comes from? It comes from him working through us. He started in us. He started the good work, and now he's completing. So the more that you do it, the more that you share Jesus, the more effective that you become. Why? Because he started in you. He's starting you. I thank God he started this in us. How in the world could we tell others about a Jesus? And then we're, and sometimes you be telling folks about Jesus, you be quoting scriptures you barely know yourself. And you know there has to be God working in you. It's God working in you. And what? He is completing what he started in you. When we love others with unconditional love, it glorifies Jesus. Oh, you know, you, you know it has to be Jesus teaching you how to love. I take no credit for loving others because God has to teach me how to love others. And guess who started? He started it in me. And now he's completing it in me. He's, listen, he started that good work of love, and now he's completing that good work of love in me. And now he's, he's also another good work is helping and bringing aid and assistance to others. And that's another good work. When we help others, it honors and worship by Jesus. Jesus told the disciples one time, they, they said, you know, Jesus, uh, I heard you talking about them going, visiting you in the visiting someone in jail, visiting someone, helping the uh, sick. He said, when do we do that? He says, when you do it to the least of them, you do it unto me. That is the, what we got to understand. We're doing it. We learned that from Jesus. We learned that from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We learned that from our Savior. Every day as we provide support, relief to our students with supplemental school supplies, it is a good word. It's a good word. And this is what you need to understand about when we give out school supplies, supplemental school supplies, that is a work that started by Jesus. And this is what you got to understand about that. Even if I, listen, if you don't get the credit for it, just as long as he gets the glory, that's all that matters. As long as he gets the glory for it. You may, listen, it may have been your idea, but God gets the glory. Because why? He's the one who actually started. He's the one who dropped the idea in your spirit and said, hey, you know what? Start school, get them school, supplement school supplies to students. Start out with 25. 25. And that has raised itself up to all types of levels. But who started that? Jesus. Because, listen, he's the one that supplies every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I remember that time we, we went over, yonder, over, yonder, over there to the rec department, right through the woods, as a matter of fact. And there were uh, over 400 students we served one year. Y'all know that had to be Jesus, right? That had to be Jesus. Not only that, gave him hot dogs, too, while we were there. And supplemental school supply. And not only that, gave him something to drink, too, while we were there. And not only that, gave him a little chip, I believe. I ain't mistaken. A chip or two along the way. Y'all know that had to be Jesus. That had to be Jesus. What's interesting, went one year downtown. They charged us money to go downtown. Went right over here. They charged us nothing. It, that had to be Jesus. You know God has to open up doors that no man can shut, but he has to be the author of it. If he didn't author it, then something is going to go wrong or needs will not be met. You know God makes sure that uh, uh, needs will be met because he starts it. I thank God he starts it. I've, I've learned the more when I study in this. I said, God, you just started good work in me. This, he won't, listen, if he don't start it, it won't be done. It'll end up making a mess. 
I appreciate that about him. Sowing in the local mission and foreign missions are all good works. They're all good works. Been sowing in local mission and foreign mission since the beginning of ministry. But that is something God orchestrates. That is something God orchestrates. We must maintain the mission assignments and deeds that Jesus has empowered us to do individually, corporately, and collectively. OCC, God has given us power, strength, and might to share his word and give unto others. Not based on what and who they are, but because of who Jesus is. He began a good work in you. He began it. He began witnessing in you. He began loving others in you. He began sharing Jesus in you. He, listen, he's the one that shares his love with others. But you know what he said in Matthew 5 is so important? You got to let it happen. You got to permit it. See, you can have what's in you to be shared with others, but if you don't let it happen, it won't happen. That's why he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see the good works you're doing that he started anyway and glorify who? Your father in heaven. If he, you, you don't let it happen, who, they, he don't get the glory. Who wants to hold back God's glory? Because when God gets the glory, we're all blessed for it. We're all blessed for it. He get the glory and you get your needs met. You get the glory, he gets the glory, you get your body healed. He gets the glory, you got a sound mind. Because why? You're doing what he told you to do. Well, Pastor, I don't have the ability and the strength and the know-how. Again, he knew that before he asked you to do it. Do you realize all the frail vessels that God has used since the beginning of time, even up to today? Every last one of them got an issue going on. But you know what? Only one who didn't have one was Jesus. Everybody else got some issues going on. It's amazing to me. We look at somebody else's issue, get upset with them, and not even look in the mirror at all. Now, let me get out of that. Let me get out of that. Let's move on. Let's move on. Woo. Mm, mm, mm. Each act or deed that we do, the action starts with Jesus, and he uses willing vessels to accomplish his will, to reveal his nature. Listen, we have to let our light shine. We got to permit it because we can't hold it back. He is the one we must be purposeful to allow him to get the glory. The more the word of God has worked in my life, the more power, strength, and might I have to do his deeds and bring glory to the Father in heaven. We have to be firm in this truth and be persistent in doing good works even in the midst of trials, troubles, and challenging times. He never said you weren't going to have trials, troubles, and challenging times, but he still wants you to do good works. He still wants you to do good works. Well, Pastor Oz, I'm going through. He still wants you to be do good works. He don't want you to get in there and say, hey, I'm going through a trial. Time for me to go cussing people out. No, that ain't what he told you to do. He said do good works despite what you're going through. See, life won't come at you and, and try to discourage you along the way from doing good. People will try to come and distract and frustrate us to the point that we will stop doing things to help others directly as well as indirectly. But I believe Paul understood the importance to continue to do good so that our Father in heaven will be glorified when he penned 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Hallelujah. First part of that text. Oh, excuse me. Let me read it to you, then we'll go back and break it down a little bit. 
Therefore, my, my beloved brother, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Whatever God started in you, it's not in vain. God tell you to give, it's not in vain. God tell you to witness, it's not in vain. He starts it off by 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brother, he's speaking to us as believers, those who are born again, who have submitted their life to Jesus. And when you submit your life to Jesus, hey, he, he started a good work in you. He started a good work in you. Go, he continues with, be steadfast, be firm, be loyal, be immovable, be persistent, be stable, be like a tree planted by the river, rivers of water. Paul's encouraged us as believers to get, to get and maintain a certain mindset. Position yourself. Don't let the enemy take you away from what God told you to do. He says this, we must make up our minds to so be steadfast, firm, and loyal. We also must be determined to be immovable, persistent in our faith, persistent in God's written and revealed word, persistent in good works that God has called for us to do. Always abounding in, in the other part of 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Abounding means to go over and beyond a fixed number. Overflow, overflow in the work, the deeds, that which one undertakes of the Lord. Paul continues by telling us that we should have an overflow when it comes to our works in the Lord. And as believers, we must be intentional to be steadfast and immovable when it comes to what we do for God in our auxiliaries, how we pray, how we prepare for ministry assignments, when we are trusted to teach and preach and so forth. We must be firm and loyal. Therefore, we goes on to say, knowing that your labor, you, and labor is interesting now because it means intense deeds. You may have to go a little bit above and beyond the average to make actions. It's sometimes it's going to be a little bit harder than what it would be in some other situations. But he also tells us this, it's not in vain. It's not empty. It has no purpose. Because why? It's in the Lord. It's in the Lord. You may not be perfect in doing it when you're sharing the good news of Jesus, but you keep on sharing. You keep on sharing. You, you may not be the best prayer, best prayer in your mind, but you keep on praying. You keep on praying. You keep on doing good to others when others don't even treat you right. We have to know that our labor, deeds, and actions are not without purpose, and God sees every drop of labor that you do. I, know, I use the word drop of labor, every ounce of labor, every muscle that you strain, God sees everything you do. Even though other people may not see it, God sees everything. Woo! Isn't it good to know that God sees everything? Oh, he sees everything. I don't see it, but God sees everything. Let me tell you something. If God sees everything, he can, he'll see what you do in secret, and reward you openly. Woo, he'll reward you openly. He'll reward you openly. People wonder why you walking and doing and acting the way and receiving what you got. Hey, they don't know what you did behind the scenes. They don't know what, the sacrifices you made. They don't know the times you were fasting and praying and studying scripture and helping other people. Didn't nobody see, but you were helping other people. You were behind the scene helping other people. 
Oh, you were doing this, that, and the other. You were, you were with, you were telling others about Jesus. Nobody knew about it, but God knew about it. He knows the number of texts you sent, the phone calls you made, the number of people you helped along the way. He knows every drop of labor that you did. And God sees everything you've done. Everything. You know why he sees it? Because he started it in you. He started it in you. You didn't start this on your own. Helping other people. Now, some people got it in them. Now, some of us had to learn how to do it. Some of us had to learn how to help other folks. Because we were, it didn't come natural to some of us. Some of us, we had to like, Lord, what I need to do? I need to do what? Move the chair. I don't want to move no chair. I didn't ask you all that. To move the chair. And then we start moving chairs, and then we start moving two chairs, then with three chairs. And after a while, boy, God started blessing. So, oh, now, now I want to move chairs now. You went from having me made to move chairs to, let see some of y'all get that a little bit later. Because why? He teaches us what to do. He's stirring in us. Remember, he started it in you, and he can complete the good work. Notice, he goes, good works didn't start with you. I love y'all dearly, but good works did not start with none of us in this sanctuary. It started with Jesus. It started with our Savior, and he knows how to complete it. Woo. Complete. Bring it to a satisfactory end. Hallelujah. Woo. We can't be concerned about what people think and, and say about us because it caused us to miss the mark. Get to the point where we talk with God's glory by being caught up in our desires more than his desire. See, the Lord desires good works from us. He promised to teach us about good works. That's why we have scriptures like John 10 and 32. John 10 and 32 says this, many good works I have shown you from my father. He said, I showed you good works. I showed you suitable deeds. I showed you approved things to do. I showed it to you. I made it known to you. I exposed to you. For which of these works do you stone me? Now you want to stone me because I'm doing good works. Let me tell you something. Some people, I don't care how good you do, they still going to want to stone you. They don't want to stone you. If they wanted to stone Jesus and he was doing good works, what about you? Not everybody's going to approve of what, you can, of what God tells you to do. Not everybody's going to approve what God tells you to do. In my opinion, good works is a lifelong journey. But thank God he's sovereign. He knows Everything. Everything. He knows our heart, our resource, our willingness to do good, regardless of what we, we may tell others. Sharing Jesus with others is a good work. It's also a mission or the main assignment for us as believers. Not just the pastor, not just the first lady, not just the ministers, but all of us commissioned to do the good work. We have to continue to mature in God and his word so that we may be steadfast and immovable in the good work of the Lord. Therefore, Jesus has given us instructions and next steps that will bring glory and magnify our Father in heaven. Matthew 28, 19. Matthew 28, 19. Let's go there. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. He says, go, 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 go. Therefore, and make, teach, and instruct disciples, learners, pupils of all the nations. I was looking last night. I just kind of, I didn't really think about why I did. I just felt led to go and look on our 
podcast because on our podcast, it tells us what part of the country that people are listening to the message, the podcast. And I was really surprised, to be honest with you, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I was surprised that not only the United States did listen to the podcast, but we have a frequent, frequent people over in Belgium, Germany, Australia, not to mention New York, Washington, D.C., and so forth. Oh, Google track y'all. Y'all know that, right? So I don't want y'all to be aware. Where you get all that information from? Well, it's, it was there. <laughs> I didn't make it up. It was just there. But I was surprised at how, well, I was surprised. I was surprised. I was. I said, God, you know, you know how to get your message to the nations. So, but I'm not, I, I, I don't know if I ever go to Belgium or Australia or anything like that. But you know where I can go? Villa Rica, Carrollton, Temple. I can go where? Well, I can go right, right around here. That's where I can go to and share what? Jesus. I can share Jesus. We, are, we need to continue to do good works. He says, go and make disciples. We've been tasked to depart from our comfort zone and teach and instruct others in the word of God in a manner they become learners and students of the word of God. They're learning about God and desiring to learn more about him. Now, the second part of Matthew 28 and 19 says this, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptizing means they're being immersed and submerged them in the name of the authority and the character of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Our goal goal should be to go and tell others about God's deliverance, protection, and prosperity. Stirring them up to the point they want to learn more about him and be in right standing with him. Our job is to tell them to a point that they get stirred up. Let me give you a quick example of how that works. You ever been a little bit hungry but smell somebody cooking something good and got a whole lot hungry? I guess I'm on on, on three of us in the room. That's okay. I pray for the rest of us. I, you, you say, I ain't hungry. I ain't hungry. You start, start smelling something, boy. You're like, no. Then, then your stomach start growling. You're like, what, what? You, went in, you, you went in not hungry, but because you smell something that smelled like, whoa, this person right here can cook, boy. I tell you, whoa, get some chill. Like, whoa, whoa. And then you're like, well, you know, they talk, you want something to eat? It, yeah, I do. I ain't going to lie to you. Why? Because it stirred up something in me. We should be able to tell others about Jesus that it stirs something in them that they get hungry and thirsty for the word of God and the ways of God. We should be such a light to let it so shine before men that they see no good works and start, oh yeah, that, that looked good right there. Oh, yeah, he's he a healer. That means he, I, he's a mind regulator. He's a way maker. He brought me, he'll bring you out of darkness to this marvelous life. Have you thinking, talking, and acting better? Have my marriage put together? Have me a better single person? It should stir people up. That they get to know, want, want to know about your Jesus. You can't make people hunger, but you can uh, put them in the right environment. Ooh, shatan Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be what? Oh, you got to know the scripture. Those that thirst and hunger after righteousness shall be what? That's it. Why? Because you're stirring them up. You tell them about your Jesus and they get stirred up. Verse 20. 
Matthew 28 and 20. Teaching is still in doctrine and explain to them to observe and to hold fast all things I've commanded you or put charge you according to the written and revealed word of God. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus lets them know we must impart instructions, teach the doctrine that we receive week in and week out. We must be able to explain information, answer questions that others may have about Jesus. We, we, we're answering such a way that it stirs up the hunger and the thirst for our Savior. They said, what must I do to be saved? Remember when they got so stirred up? And he said, what must I do to be saved? Because they were stirred up and hungry for what? God themselves. Cornelius, we talked about this recently. Cornelius invited his friends and close friends over to the house. And when he invited them over there, Cornelius didn't have it. He didn't have the meal prepared, but Peter did. Peter had it prepared. And when he brought the meal on the table, I prepare a table before you. He prepared the table and they feasted on it. Not only, not only that, they got baptized. They had a hunger for the word of God because Peter stayed a little bit later. They spoke in tongues of the spirit of God, gave them others. Amen. And they prophesied. You know what else too? They received the Holy Spirit. Because they were hungry. They were hungry. Anointed teaching brings understanding. Good understanding helps us to hold fast and guard the promise that God gives. It's a process, but a process is that produces a product. And when, you, when it produces, we should see evidence of a Christ-minded disciple. We should see evidence of a Christ-minded disciple. Number one, Christ-minded disciples know how to focus. They know how to focus. Center their interest and activity on Jesus and his written and revealed word. Isaiah 26, verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You're going to keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or focused in on you. And that person is going to be a, excuse me, a Christ-minded disciple. The second trait we talk about is a Christ-minded disciple are timely. They're well-timed. They're prompt when it comes to God and the things of God. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. They're going to seek God first. First. First thing they do is going to seek God first. And that comes because why? God had, you have a relationship with our Jesus. Three, they understand the importance of consistency in studying. Studying, that means acquiring knowledge and keeping what, what they've learned, the action of owning and maintaining and protecting what they learn through God's written and revealed word. Second Timothy 2 and 15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who, do, who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Number four, Christ-minded disciples enjoy fellowship. Fellowship is association and joint participation and connection, a relationship and bond with like-minded believers. One of the reasons you want to be with like-minded believers is because you got Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Christ-minded believers want to be around other Christ-minded believers. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. 
If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We must remember to keep up the good works. Keep up the good works. God will give you an opportunity to share his word. Remember that despite what I'm going through, even despite how I feel about that person, I must keep up the good work and go and make disciples. One of the lessons you learn, of course, we learn through this particular text is he started in us, you know. Good works was not started by the devil or your flesh. It started by the Lord. He started the good work in you, and you know what God can do? He'll complete it. He'll bring it to a satisfactory end. So I encourage all of us in the sanctuary, keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Our backpack program, back-to-school program, our revivals, and our ministry to homeless and so forth, ministry to local mission, foreign mission. Keep up the good work. Because your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God has not, he will not forget one ounce of labor that you put toward him. And you, and let me say this to you, and I'm closing, just, just let me close. He knew you before you knew yourself. And he knew, he knows, he, he, let, let me say this. He knows what you're good at. He knows what you're challenged at but he knows he can't complete whatever he started in you. If he's sharing Jesus, he'll give you, listen, I'm shy, I can't tell nobody about Jesus. Yeah, you can. Just let the Lord use you. Open up your mouth. You'll be surprised at what you know. I'm going to close with this particular example. I remember one day we was out sharing Jesus over at a place called Brookwood. Brookwood has been knocked down, gone, no longer exists. And I was out there sharing Jesus with somebody, and I remember, I remember he was asking me questions about uh, the scriptures, and, and I remember, I remember almost like I had an out-of-body experience. I was saying the scripture almost word for word, and barely even knew the scripture. And I said, you know what, Holy Spirit is just working through me right now to share this word with this individual because it's bigger than me. God loves this person I'm sharing Jesus with to the point. This is what I'm thinking in my mind. I was literally almost like I was out of my body looking at me, myself, talk to this person, quoting this scripture to this person. And I said, you know what? This person needs to know Jesus. And God said, I'm going to use you as a vessel to get this word to this person. Now, I don't know if they got saved that day or whatever day they is, but I do know this. One planet, one water, but God gives the increase. Me sharing Jesus with them, I believe one day they came to him and they're with him right now. Who is it out there that you need to share Jesus with? Who is it that you need to share Jesus with? Who is it that you need to share Jesus with? We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. 
please send your prayer request and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.